0: Thank you, Pastor Ruth. Hello, good morning. Uh, I'm Raul Perez. I'm the interim lead pastor for two more weeks. Scott, Scott, Scott. Today, I am preaching on uh, our third value. We've been preaching through the value series this, uh, this September. Gather, grow, go is today, and next week is generosity. The go value is connected to the Great Commission, what we were given when Christ was ascending, that we would go and make disciples of all nations. This is our call, this is our mission, and this is a value here at Bethany Community Church that we want to explore. And I really just have one point for you today. And it's simply this. When we're at home in Christ, we'll foster Christ in others. When we're at home in Christ will foster Christ in others that word foster it has two meanings one is to encourage something good in somebody and the other is to raise up a child not of our own birth and in our in our texts today we see both those themes that first part to encourage something good is literally the gospel Salvation. It is this commending to people where true home is found. And that second part, raising up a child not of our own birth, we see that in the language of the ministry of reconciliation, which we'll see in the in the latter half of our verses today. We see that this ministry of reconciliation is something we we're, we're called to. We are As we are reconciled, as we find our home in Christ, we become ambassadors of the good news and fosterers of home to those who need it, both spiritually and materially. And I feel like the best way to kind of get across uh, this idea of being fosters of home, both spiritually and materially, is, is to share stories. So, what I'd like to do now is to invite uh, Ken and Megan Barron forward, who this last uh, year uh, opened themselves up to being foster parents, and I've invited them forward to share the story, and I, we're not going to record this part because, uh, just to protect the identity of their foster child. See, there's a lot, there's actually a lot really significant in what they shared, um, but I just kind of want to pick up on one particular one, uh, which is uh, their, their disposition, they were willing to hold open-handedly something that I think many of us hold with a pretty tight fist, which is home and family. By their willingness to be open, they've broadened what the, defini- the definition of home is for this foster child, for his mom, and for their family. So now home has a whole new, broader perspective that I think really makes God and God's involvement in home very possible. When we're at home in Christ, we'll foster Christ in others. Home is a super touchy subject. It's totally a mixed bag, right? Nobody here has like a really great experience or fully negative experience. It is a mixed bag, for some of us, we tip the scales one way or the other for sure, and it's hard to just necessarily talk about home and it be an all-good thing. You see, but what I'm thankful for is that Scripture actually addresses home. Even today, in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5 here, Paul is speaking metaphorically about our tents, our, the buildings that we have. He, he's talking about our bodies and our homes here on earth. He's speaking metaphorically and saying that our hearts and our home is truly in heaven, but we still have to face what we live with here in our mortal bodies. He he hits on that our base desire, while we struggle here, is for heaven. Our our base desire is to be home. It is to be fully clothed. A portion of verse 4 says this, we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed. Another way to say that is, we do not wish to be homeless, but to belong. We do not wish to be unknown, but to be known. That is is our—that is the desire we've been created with. You've heard it said, the God-shaped hole. We have been created with this desire for God. And yet the tension is, Our mortal bodies and homes are being torn down in the midst of this base desire that we have. Verse 4 in full says this, for while we are in this tent, this body, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. We are created to desire God and to live in God's home. And when we surrender and embrace our place in God's home, our mortal reality is swallowed up by God's life. But this is hard to do. This is hard to do. Living in God's loving, affirming, and comforting heavenly home is hard when we are faced with the trials of our mortal reality. When we are met with anger, rejection, disapproval, disregard, at times we are tricked into believing that we are garbage rather than God's beloved. Comedian Tiffany Haddish was interviewed on David Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, and she talked about growing up in foster care. She talked about the all-too-regular circumstance of how kids growing up in foster care usually have all their belongings shoved into a black garbage bag for them to take to their new house. This was her experience as well. So she said when she was given her first suitcase, it changed her perspective on her situation and herself. And she says this, I remember when I got my first suitcase. I felt like I was a traveler, like I had a purpose, like I'm a person, like I'm not garbage anymore. Isn't it amazing that a simple household product that most of us own, that God can use it to change someone's perspective about themselves? So in this way, The vessel truly matters. The vessel matters. Our homes, our bodies, our hearts. This is why we must find our identity, our bodies, and our homes in Christ. For Jesus Christ, the one and only true God, the one who can save, is the source of all goodness. You've heard it said that home is where the heart is. But I tell you, goodness is where the heart is. Goodness is where God is, and that's where you're going to find home and your identity. So let's face the tension we feel here in our mortal bodies by allowing our base desire for goodness to be found in God. And that goodness that goodness we're all striving for, pulled towards, I more readily see is discovered when we are interruptible. Time is probably the most, the hottest commodity in our culture. We are unwilling to give it away. But I think that when we are watching and we are willing to be interruptible, then we are more readily to see and receive the gift of goodness. Much like those who are looking for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit receive it, so also those who are looking for goodness will see it and receive it. And, I believe, begin to participate in its spreading. So let us not hold the meaning of home with a tight fist. Let's be open, available, and interruptible. I didn't even get this sermon written until yesterday because I, had a, I was trying to live it out while I was trying to write it. My boys needed me this week. My wife needed me this week. And so I was interruptible. And... The gift I was given was the joy on the, my boys' faces when they saw it was dad that was picking them up from school. That's special. I got to receive the goodness of their laughter and their excitement when I was available for the games that they wanted to play. And I got to put on the funny costume, and I got to do the funny car. And like They loved that I was available for those things because I'm not always. But this week... And the truth is, I fail at this more than I succeed, so I don't want to put it on like great dad. But like, here's the thing. Like, this week when I was trying to allow myself to be interruptible, I believe it communicated to my boys that they are valuable. If Jesus can use a suitcase to show someone they are valuable, how much more will Jesus change them? when we foster the truth in them that their bodies, their hearts, their lives are valuable? And how much more will these truths become realities for kids if we actually foster those children in our homes or support those who are fostering children? This last year, uh, Pastor Anna and I Uh, began to uh, attend meetings of a coalition of churches called the Foster Support Faith Alliance, FSFA. This is a coalition of churches in the Linwood shoreline area that are banding together across denominational lines and across across theological beliefs uh, to serve the Linwood uh, Department Children of Youth and Family, what used to be called DSHS. But it's where foster care comes through. And so this coalition of churches is attempting to to create homes, foster care homes, and create enough availability so that when a child comes into DCYF's care, that child will have a placement that day. Why is that significant? Because if there is no home placement available, kids get taken to hotels and sleep there by themselves. So what the, our hope is, what, the, what this coalition of churches, their hope is, is that there is a placement, there is a home for children when they come into care and they are received with love and care. So we've been attending these meetings, trying to discover how can we as North get involved with, with what this coalition of churches is doing. And this year we're going to do just that. Here's a particular way, two particular ways you can get involved. One, we are going to Pastor Anna and I are going to uh, start a leadership group for uh, a ministry we're calling uh, Foster Adopt Ministry (FAM). Fam, <laughs> clever. So we're gonna we're we're actually looking for folks who are desiring to to participate in this leadership group to do two things. Uh, one is to, is to bolster our participation in the Foster Support Faith Alliance and support the DCYF office through foster care. And the other is actually to create support systems where we are supporting foster care families in our own congregation. Did you know we have eight or more families that are participating in foster care in our church? Did you know that we have two or more that are actually seeking licensing so they themselves can become foster families? These families need support. And so our desire with the FAM leadership team is to support them. So if you find that you uh, would like to participate in that, you're going to have an opportunity to. And if you don't feel like being on a leadership team is something you can do, one of, the, one of the churches that we're working with in the coalition, North Shore, right? Yes, North Shore Church, uh, they're deep into foster care right now. And they have a variety of events. One in particular is a big one in October. They're looking for volunteers. So if you just want a way to participate and get involved, that would be a good way. So I'll share about how you can get involved in that very soon. These are just very practical ways where we, who have been the recipients of God's love can foster that love in others. And I'm thankful that one in my life was willing to take up that mantle to be an ambassador, one who was willing to foster love in me. You see, I've shared this before, but my parents split when I was 19. Not divorced, but my dad moved out. I didn't become a foster child, but I certainly was homeless in a sense because for two years after that moment, I pretty much drowned myself in alcohol and was unwilling to darken the doors of my home because it was just so painful. But what I was willing to do was play in a band. And my drummer's mom would feed us after practice. It's always over food. It's always over food. So she's feeding us and she's talking to us about the church and she's telling us about Jesus and she's telling us about, you know, the Father's love, you know, these things. And over time, it chipped away at me. And what I started to think was, I really need a Father. (laughs) I really need a Father. And perhaps... The Heavenly Father that, she's, that Mika is telling me about is, can meet me where I'm at. So my friend took me to service and boom, there you go. This universal God now come close and he's willing to be my father and introduce me to his son and he became my Lord. And that Lord, didn't, it didn't change my circumstances But it did change my idea of where home was and what home was. And that home could be this loving, supportive, uh, comforting place once again. And so I took that desire, and I ended up moving up here to Seattle. And it it took me on this course where I wanted to begin to share with other people what God had given to me. In Paul's language, in in our text for today that's being called an ambassador of Christ. If we find our homes in Christ, then we are not only called, but mandated to become ambassadors, to give away that which we have been given. So if you find your home in Christ, then I tell you, you are an ambassador of the gospel. And what it's like, it's kind of like this book that I'm reading to my boy called Amulet. It's this graphic novel. I won't get into it. I I would love to. It's really cool. Check it out. But um, essentially, you got these two kids, Emily and Nevin, and uh, they find this special amulet with full of power. And they and their mom get sucked into this other world. Okay. Um, and so what happens is that, uh, they get into some trouble. The, they, they, uh, the mom gets hurt. She gets poisoned and then they go and they find these special helpers that have this big house and they're like, we need help. Mom needs help. We gotta, we gotta help mom. And, oh, okay. Well, yeah, she's sick. She needs the, she needs the, the healing properties of the Godoba tree, right? Godoba. And so they're like, okay, how do we get there? We don't, we don't have a vehicle. And one of the characters says, well, didn't you know that this house is a vehicle? That this house can take us there. So the house breaks out of its foundations and stands up and it begins to walk them to the Godova trees to help mom. Okay, here's the point. Thanks for enduring that. <laughs> this, to me, is what it means to be ambassadors of Christ. We are Christ's home On the move with a mission of reconciliation. We carry in us what what people are looking for and longing for eternal life, right? We carry it and we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. All, All have been made new in Christ. So therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, Paul says. See this word ambassador, ambassador, the Greek of it is presbyuo, presbyuo. And it's a verb. And it's derived from a root presby's. Presby's. Presby's is a reference to Uh, uh, an aged person who is mature who takes charge. So it's not just a reference to an older person. It's a reference to an older person who is mature who, verb, takes charge. It's the root of the word Presbyterian, which is a reference to a person who is mature who presides over congregations. So back to the word ambassador, which is presbyuo, So this is a verb. It's an action word. It's referencing an older, mature person who takes charge and takes precedence and therefore is an ambassador to others of the message that they carry. See, here's the thing. Last week, when Pastor Ruth preached, she was calling upon the generations, right? There was the biggest hoot and holler, the loudest group, was the greatest generation. Was it not? (laughs) And this greatest generation, Presby's, you could literally, I, I believe, be the greatest example to this church of a model of servitude because you are mature, because you can take charge. So for me, I'm desiring this Presby's community to approach me and approach Scott and ask, how can we be on the local advisory team and be leaders? How can we begin to establish adult education for the community? Or to be contacting Ruth and saying, I've, been, I've received help from deacons in the past. I want to be a deacon and help others. I've received spiritual care in a crisis in my life. I want to be a Stevens minister. I've received... Care and direction from a connect group, a small group. I want to lead one, I want to host one. Or even connecting with Pastor Anna and making the clear observation: why is it that it's young families caring for other young families in our children and youth ministry? We've raised kids, we can offer experience, we can offer wisdom, we can offer guidance. Our youth group right now has no male leaders. And you don't, gotta, you don't always got to be fun. I, I went to youth group last on Sunday. I wasn't fun. I'm lame. But here's the thing. Like, you imagine what a young person can receive from an, an older person who's mature in the faith. You have much to pass on. so, without belaboring it, you presbies could quite literally model for this body what it looks like to be ambassadors for Christ servants, as mature, wise, and experienced among us. But don't think because you're young you're off the hook. Listen to 1 Timothy 4. Listen to what he says. Paul, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. To be at home in Christ is to be mature in faith. To be at home in Christ is to be mature in faith. So all who are mature in faith should be ambassadors. And I don't want to should on you this morning, but if you're at home in Christ, if, <laughs> you should be an ambassador of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't, don't hold that in. Ambassadors are called to foster home and faith in others. And when we pick up this call, when we pick up this call to go, we are being those who are bringing the light of Christ to others. Much like our world partner, Roble Alto, has done. We have three major world partners, Roble Alto is one of them. And since 1932, Roble Alto's mission has been to care for children of Costa Rica who are in critical situations and in need of specialized care and integrated services so they could be able to reach their full potential. So what they do in Costa Rica is that children who are in need of foster care come under their care, and so they're trying to love them, raise them up, educate them, and so forth. But at the same time, on the other side, they're trying to educate the parents. They're trying to recuperate the parents because the goal is reunification. So their effort is to reunify the foster kids with the parents, much like the Barons' experience, but they take it one step further because the cycle of poverty is pervasive. So they strive to educate the parents about this cycle so that this generation can break the cycle of poverty. Their goal is to redefine home so that Costa Ricans find home in Christ, but also to re- redefine it materially, so the poor find justice and find a way out of this cycle of poverty. <laughs> Pam Shana, who is the Partnerships Director at Roble Alto, uh, she has made visits to Bethany Community Church. She just made a visit earlier this year, and... I don't think we have time to show the video, but she recently came and shared multiple stories of transformation that were directly related to our support and our visits to Roble Alto. There was a team that just visited back in August. And so she, wants, she came and she shared uh, the impact and the transformation because our, of our involvement. And what the video would show is this, is that there is a major tie between Bethany North and Roble Alto. We both desire healing, wholeness, and belonging for our youth in our families and in the community. That's why I I desire in this coming year to explore and lead us in exploring what it would look like for our partnership with Roble Alto to increase. Now, like I said, we have three world partners, uh, World Relief in Rwanda, Agros International in Nicaragua, and what I'm talking about now. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Roble Alto in Costa Rica. And the thing is, is that I know that there have been many who have gone to Rwanda, and there are many who are hungering to go to Nicaragua. But and that's still possible. That's that's all still possible. But what I want to see is that because we are increasing our efforts to focus on the orphan and the fatherless and foster care, is to see how we can potentially tie ourselves in with the work of Roble Alto internationally and see if we can grow this partnership in 2020. So one step I'd like to take uh, this next month. Don't worry about that sound. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I have no idea what that is. Um, So one step uh, I'd like to take in this exploration of Roble Alto is the, the team that just went and came back is offering a listening event at uh, Bethany Greenlake on October 27th. I'd like to lead any who are de- desiring after second service to go down there and just hear what it is like and explore how we can take a quote-unquote foothold in this ministry in 2020. When we are at home in Christ. Will foster Christ in others. These are tactile ways we can walk our talk. I preached about being the aroma of Christ recently, and how this generation considers the church to be inauthentic. That's the aroma they get from us. And it's it's not it's not so much around beliefs, it's not so much around theology, it's not about it's are we doing what we say we believe? And we believe that God is for the orphan and God is for the fatherless. So let's walk that out. Let's walk that out, being spiritual, spiritual homes for those who are homeless and material homes for those who need it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, You've communicated your gospel message most poignantly through your son, Jesus Christ, who was looking for those who were homeless, looking and watching for those who were desperately in need, and he met their need. Jesus, I believe that your spirit of God that you have put in us and is uh, falling upon this community, I believe you are uh, calling us to go to not hoard that love in us, to not keep it just for ourselves or just for our family unit, but Lord God, to extend our ideas of home, to extend what uh, you you are calling us to, to make disciples of all nations through love, through affection, through forgiveness, through grace. Lord God, may we have this confidence that we are at home in you. So we have the desire and the will to foster you in others. Thank you that we can worship you today, and you will receive it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand now as we're led in worship to sing praises to our Lord.